just want to relax and they want to really like feel into something and like different things are going to work for different people and of course life is change and so sometimes you know this is going to work for you and then other times it's, no, it's not, not. going to work for you right. as well right. and so we're all in different parts in our lives in you know in every moment and we just have to like know that there's an infinite range of possibilities out there for you and what I'm trying to do is trying to see what they all are <laughs> and explore them. There you go. All right. So it's Sexploration with Monica. Listen on iTunes and the Sex Talk Radio Network. Download That's free right. podcasts at sexplorationwithmonica.com. Thank you again, Monica. Oh, thank you so much, Paul Brumba with the Edge of Insanity. Woo! I can't wait to get you back in studio. Oh, Oh, I love you, too. Okay, I love you, too, dear. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Okay, sounds all right. good. All right, Bye. guys, like and subscribe below. You got all those links. We'll see you next time here on The Edge of Insanity. And you see her stuff right there, guys. Well, I want to thank the uh, San Francisco Choir. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube, better known around the world as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. I'm glad to be here. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You know, you can find us by that crazy, catchy acronym on your podcast. Uh, we have a Twitter handle, the same, that same handle. Same YouTube channel, fantastic, uh, and uh, we also have a, a Facebook page called Let's Watch a Full Life Movie on YouTube. So we also stream first. This episode premieres on MutinyRadio.fm, where we stream first every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to MutinyRadio.fm. It will send you to a website called PCRCollective.org. Press the speaker. And you can hear us. And you can, what we do is we watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. And uh, you watch it on YouTube and listen to the podcast. 
at the same time. How what would happen if they listened to just the podcast and not along with the movie? Well, they would not know what we're talking about, reacting to, and speaking for. It would just be ridiculous. The theme of this podcast is you watch the movie and we riff together. Absolutely. We riff together. And, you know, Carl actually takes the extra time to sync old episodes with the full-length movies, feature-length movies. And you can find that on our YouTube channel. Carl, I see there's two new entrees uh, posted since last we've spoken. I see Surf 2, in which, as you know, is our favorite movie yeah. from 1984. And I can see my headshot as the screen grab. That photo was taken on September 12, 2001. Because the uh, previous appointment on Tuesday, September 11, 2001, it got, it got canceled. Uh-huh. We got to do it the next day. Yeah. So that's me smiling the day after the World uh, Trade Center went down. Gotcha. And then uh, we also have a 1968 Revolution, which is a fantastic documentary about the hate ashbury back in the day of the Summer of Love. And speaking of Summer of Love, look at me with a fist and my wedding band. Uh, on an old promotion I did with my good friend Ian Jensen. That's the other guy for our old show, Laugh, Damn It, at 50 Mason, which, of course, no longer exists. All right, well, enough formalities. Uh, Carl, what is the movie this week? We are watching Mr. Billion, 1977. That's what you're going to put in your YouTube search engine, Mr. M.R. Period, Billion, 1977. And the channel we like is called Super B Movies. We love Super V movies. Okay, so I just typed it in, and I hit pause, uh, and I pulled the time clocky thing back to zero, zero, zero. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a countdown, and all of us are going to press it when the countdown king himself, the maestro of descending new world, for Sunday afternoon, Carl's man crush, please, let's get ready to Brumbaugh, Paul Brumbaugh. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, guys. How are you doing, Carl and Mike? All right. Doing great quarantine, sheltering in place. There you go. It's so weird because I'm usually right there with Mike. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, Paul. Yeah, I miss you, buddy. I miss hanging out. If you want to hear more Paul Brumba, you should listen to more Paul Brumba. He is the show that streams right before us on Indie Radio Sundays at noon, and you can find his podcast called The Edge of Insanity. I'm doing all right, Paul. Awesome, and I, it, yeah, I definitely miss being in the studio. We all love Pam Benjamin, so. we got to give a shout-out, of course, to Pam Benjamin, our guardian angel, yeah. manager of Mutiny Radio. And uh, give her a shout-out. Go to Venmo, and please donate to at Mutiny Radio. Uh, we would like to last for the rest of the year. <clears throat> all right, so uh, please, Mr. Countdown, count it down. All right, you all right, you guys, you know the drill. Let's do this thing in true style. Let's do this thing in three, two, one, go. Right to right. a graduation scene. No credits. Now, you know, you recognize that building, Paul, right? Isn't that 555 California? It is not, is it? In San Francisco. Oh, it's it is San Francisco, That's yes. That's the Trump. That's the Trump slash Microsoft building that used to be the old towering inferno. That's right, the towering inferno. The they movie? used the plaza for this movie. Although, although yeah, you know the towering inferno. That's right. 
Yeah, so I was on the 50th uh, floor. So there's the second floor, third floor. Uh, I guess you're not going to see me in this movie. And also the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith. That was the lawyer job he got. It was in 555 right. California. Fuck that building. Triple nickels, as they would call it. Listen, what we missed is the emblem of the financial company slipped off the building and killed the CEO. What a way to go. He died by his own logo. Now we have Jackie Gleason, who is number two in the company, reading his last will and testament, expecting to be given control of the company and all the money, but it doesn't go to him. Uh oh, you can tell by his face. All right. And it goes to what? It goes a rap to Bill Falcone, his only living relative, a guy who he never met, who never asked him for a penny. Oh. Mont- his name is Guido Faldoni. <laughs> now we have the most 70s music ever. There's Guido. Okay, now, Guido is driving a very expensive rich person's car, and that's supposed to give you the impression like he's a rich guy, but he's not at all. He's actually a repairman who fixes those cars. Shit, I, was, I already have a date plan with him, Carl. Why don't you tell me beforehand? Oh, shit. <laughs> Mr. Billion, look at that. That looks like solid billion. Yeah. Mr. Billion. He is Mr. Billion. You see how the door opens like a la... Uh, the Lord. Like uh, Back to the Future, you know? There he is in his, his jet yeah, suit. He's wearing a, space, a time travel space suit. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. So he's, does he speak English in this movie? Yeah, he's good at English and he learned it from watching cowboy movies. You see, this guy's real name is Terrence Hill, and he was very famous for spaghetti westerns in Italy, and he was one of the most famous actors in all of Europe. And so this was the attempt to bring him to an American audience, and it didn't work. I was going to say, attempt failed, because otherwise it would be like, oh, shit, it's Terrence Hill's American introduction. Right. Tim Pickens and William Winfield. It makes me think of Beckham, who was the greatest soccer player in the world, loved him. He said, came to the United States, and people go, eh, whatever. Well, you know, this is the part of the 70s where soccer was mandatory and everything. Mm-hmm. We went to, uh, we went to Giant Stadium and saw a soccer game. Oh, how was that? Boring. <laughs> it suckered. Sucker, 1977. Okay, listen, I must step away for again. one second. Michael, please entertain the crowd. I'm very sorry. All right. Hey, Paul, doesn't the nuns look like two penises? Oh, too late. It got swiped away. There's yeah. a mangy dog. Uh, Paul dropped. I'm sorry about dog. that, too. Oh, Paul dropped? I can handle it. Why don't you go to the bathroom? I'm going to hang out in Italy. Holy shit. My fat ass would not be able to fit through those tiny streets. Look out for the camera, bicyclist. He is one cool hill. Hill. Terrence Hill. T. Hill. Will. Still. Yeah, see? He, there's his cowboy motif. 
see Sarah Logan's anonymous cowboys. How'd you get your wallpaper from Animal Crossing? Cowboys wallpaper? All right, check it out. He's got a TV and a couch. No, a chair, a TV chair. Hey, Terrence Hill, keep your window open when you take your shirt off. Uh, look at this. This is more of a movie set. I'm, what a beautiful house. It was actually barking dogs. I had to let them in. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, let those dogs in. So what's so going Carl on? Carl let the dogs in. We're getting an inside joke, you see, because he is famous for all these cowboy movies. Okay? So right. his character loves cowboy boots and loves cowboy movies. How meta. You know, I never met a humor I didn't like, Carl. <laughs> Look, a German shepherd in Italy, I think he's a little lost. <laughs> you took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. That's the second Manzi dog they had in the street. What kind of Italian town? They got to keep the food away from the dogs. They eat out in the alleyway and they kiss and forget it. Oh, that's Lady and the Tramp. I'm sorry. Right. An Italian one. Okay, these are American executives who are here to meet Guido. They're like... Right. Guido Falcone. Guido Falcone. I'm looking for a guy named Guido. Yeah, be careful. Tread lightly. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Guido, as you know, is an Italian slur, but... Nobody in this movie thinks so. They think it's just as a name. Right. Now, I know, like, uh, another... Have you noticed that the word Fredo has been used disparagingly? Like how the president called, I guess, Chris Cuomo Fredo? Like, that's an insult. Because he's <laughs> well, the, I mean, the weaker brother. Yeah. That was a pretty bad insult. Okay, so Jackie Gleason has come all the way to Italy pretty much to con Guido and to get him to sign power of attorney papers... So that yeah. he can get Guido's money and control of the company. This is crazy. You'd be like, oh, my God, Jackie Gleason, I loved you in Honey Booters. Exactly. I still see you have a flower in his lapel. You're killing it. He's I'm not Jackie Gleason. Flower I in his lapel, else. doesn't he? Yeah, flower in lapel, you know, a classy guy. <laughs> He's got a handkerchief already in case he needs to sneeze or covered. And he can sneeze away because he doesn't have a full mustache either. He's got that classic uh, Jackie <laughs> Gleason right. little pencil mustache. Now the other guy with him is named Leopold Lacey. He uh, as an you know in the as a character, and he is the third. He's basically Jackie Gleason's right hand. And what's tragic, just to bring you down, is he died of leukemia a month after filming. Ha 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 ha. Why? Yeah, why are you laughing? Uh, Carl, that's the side of you I've never seen. I just, because is, well, we see... bummed out when you hear, I mean, the movies you pick are so old, of course everyone's dead, but this guy's fresh dead. You know what, listen, when we make our movie, National Lampoon's Open Micer, <laughs> remind me not to finish it, let you know the film production, because I'll be dead in a month, if you know, you know. Bingo. Yeah, he never did they, they went to him and they said, listen, this movie's going to be a hit. How's the movie? Oh, it's great. It's killing it in America. Oh, yeah, let me take a newspaper. Well, maybe not today. <laughs> okay, so wow. he just said, everyone, I'm going to America, and they all cheered, you know, and 
uh, he's not falling for Jackie Gleason's sign my power of attorney paper, but he's like, well, how did you learn English? And he said, from watching all these cowboy movies. So now we're going to get a not funny situation in which he pretends he's a cowboy. Well, the kind of thing. There's the music. Now here comes his co-star, the villain. Oh, right on cue. Right. That little kid heard the song and got his... I gotta get my gun, that song's playing. And Jackie Gleason is like, what the F is going on here? He thinks it's so crazy and stupid. Carl, the last time I saw a kid draw a gun on me, it was when I told my kid to go to bed. So it's crazy to see in the movie. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been since last night. That kid's a dead aim. I think he's in trouble. Last time I saw someone draw a gun on me, it was my tattoo artist. <laughs> Bam, he's shot! Yeah. Wasn't that yesterday morning when you got your tattoo? Right. Yeah. But I was wearing no line. a mask. <laughs> he is a shot. Oh, the blood. You know this is a movie because okay, nobody's going to stain their shirt like that. Well, also, there's three fucking tomatoes on a plate. What kind of fucking restaurant is this? It's Italy. You know, hey, it's, I like the tomato plate. If, if you are in Europe and you ask for a salad, they don't bring you, like, some vegetables on a lettuce. They bring you a plate with some vegetables and a knife. Serious. So it's like a whole tomato, say, or like a, a carrot and a peeler? Yeah, it's like no peeler. It's like, yeah, you get like a radish and a carrot and a, you know, celery stick <laughs> and, and a knife. Uh, <laughs> I went out of the house for this. I wore my best mask for this. You know, uh, San Francisco had the same kind of bullshit. They were offering for dessert. There was a restaurant that was offering a pear. And what it was was a pear on a plate. And you got to cut it up or what? Or eat it with your hands. Rip off. What if it's not 100% right? Yay, everyone loves this performance. Except for Jackie Gleason. It, 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 yeah. And away I go. <laughs> So I saw an interview with the director, and okay. the director's name Jonathan Kaplan, and he had made this very famous, uh, this good movie called White Line Fever. It made a lot of, uh, it was a, a commercial success. It was like a melodrama about truckers, believe it or not. So they get they so the white you, line is what? Yeah, white line fever. So it's not cocaine. It's the line of the uh, in the freeway the when you're high, driving yep. your truck. Exactly. And they said you could do anything you want. And they, he thought he was sold by this guy's manager. Bringing this guy to America would be perfect. So look, he takes the contract and he's sitting on it. Well, maybe he wants to shit out a signature on it. I guess, no? yes. I guess I won't see that. So now this maybe is the funeral. Oh, right. Oh, right. For the Falconeer. Right. For the Falconeer. He wanted to so be... They fought the body? What? Yeah. 
Where did they bring Bonnie on coach? The overhead. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, this is where he's from, his heritage, and he wanted to be buried in this little town, so that's what they've done. Okay, so now we're getting the setup of the movie, is that you can come to America, to San Francisco, because this is L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and you sign the papers, but you have to be there by this date at midnight, uh, at, at um, 12 noon, okay? All right. Look at the band on his arm. Yeah, he must have had that from the war. Right, that's from the war. But no, this guy should be wearing a bond because leukemia is going to get him in a month. Wait, this guy right here is leukemia guy? That's right. That's terrible. Why did I guy? It's probably in him right now, this moment, Mike. (laughs) Oh, poor guy. I'm trying to be funny laughing. I mean, it, it was 30-something years ago. Uh, no, it was 40 years ago, right? Right. Well, we think he's a great actor, and uh, we it, our apologies to his family. All right? Okay. Keep, let's Trade, go. Let's Trade go. Center. Trade Towers. Statue. Oh, there we are. And you know what? When they went down, I uh, next day I got my head shot. And people, you know, like, uh, uh, oh, my goodness. Now, the press What's going on now? Oh, it's, it's very, it's a sensational story. He's going to get a billion dollars. So did he agree to do a cross-country chase for this billion dollars, and that's the reason why he's getting press? No. Or is he just stupid? <laughs> what he wanted to do is he wanted to come to America like his ancestors. He wanted to come on the boat arrive and see the Statue of Liberty. Now, you don't go to Ellis Island nowadays, you know, but that's what he wanted, to go to New York uh, and take the journey um, of the grandfather who, you know, uh, the billionaire. But that's ridiculous. If he has a deadline, why can't he just fly to fucking San Francisco? Excuse my language. Fly to fucking San Francisco, uh, get his money, and then go fly to Ellis Island. Well, that's exactly what he should have done, but that he, no movie, he's a crazy man. He's a. They're asking he's him now. What do, you, what do you what do you want in a wife? Because you're the most eligible bachelor, and we're about to meet uh-huh. Valerie per- Perrine, who's going to be his love interest. So, did you see that view? Fucking a! Look at that view. Yeah. Actually, when I worked on the floor, that was the view I had. I had a cubicle, and I would look out, and I could see Alcatraz Prison. Cool. Yeah. And we just saw the America building. Yeah, so that is uh, technically the Bank of America building. That's the triple five. That's where we're at right right now. That's the biggest building in San Francisco previous to the Salesforce building just being built. Uh They always said that the Transamerica building is bigger. But the Bank of America building, the Falcon Industry building, is bigger than that. And now that we have Salesforce building, that's the biggest building. He's like, can you marry this guy? She's a gold digger. Well, okay. She is a prostitute, and she has been hired to essentially distract... I know why you... What? Uh-huh. I distract know why Guido I know why from making his prostitute. appointment. Ah. 
Now so he's, he's taking not a gonna, train. He's I, not going to fly to San Francisco. He's going to take the train. Yeah, that's like hell on wheels. He might as well be on a Greyhound at this point. Oh, there's Mitch McConnell. <laughs> there's Mitch McConnell. No, that's once yeah. again William Redfield, a man marked for death. Oh, I love – don't you love it when you get a private car on Amtrak and you have to close the curtains because the paparazzi are on the platform? <laughs> Happens to me all the time. All the time. Please, I am not here to get photos. I'm just taking the – sitting on the platform for 40 minutes and the train. He's eating it like the Europeans eat apples. They cut – they tear off the uh, skin first. Exactly. The skin is the best part. Okay, he's just been given $1,000 spending money. Sweet. Yeah. Now, they're going to take this tour together, and William Redfield has got all these, like, tourist sites for him to see on their way. Yeah. Oh, so he's just taking a lackadaisical turn. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck is he eating? It looks like uh, snow cone, snowballs from <laughs> Hostess or like bad IKEA Swedish meatballs. Now look, he's eating. Oh, that's rid of. Oh, there you go, William. R.I.P. He doesn't need a shampoo. Oh, so there he is. The press are coming. Oh, the paparazzi. I wish I had an Italian word for the uh, ongoing mass of photographers. Wow, she's... She's she got her own dog. Oh, he went into the wrong room. His, his door is blue, and he went to the pink door, which is where the woman was. Now, this is the kind of thing you talk about all the time, Mike. Like, in a movie, like, universe, the wrong room he goes into is, like, coincidentally one of the co-stars. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that the last movie, where there's only six characters, and if there's a seventh, it's going to be connected to the one of the six. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's cool. This guy Look knows you, about the building, so he's pitching them on expensive watches. Right. That's okay. I got a cell phone. I don't need a watch. So he refuses him. He says, okay, give me $2. So Guido says, here's your $2, and we're going to get a joke watch. Now watch you your joke. You pull out a lot of boing. Boing! <laughs> hey, make, make fun of them, but even a joke watch tells the right time twice a day. Twice a day. That's it. That's the only time I'm relevant, twice a day. Okay, now we hear a woman in distress. Oh my goodness, it's a wraith. Who is that guy? Oh, he's chasing him. He goes, hey, come on, I got kids. Is that Dick Miller? The actor? That is Dick Miller. He's no. playing a character called Bernie, and he's basically... Um, Valerie Perini's, Perrine's, uh, partner in, in trapping this guy. Oh, so this is a big con. This is a big con. 
And he's doing mouth-to-mouth, he thinks. Right. And it turns into a kiss. Now, why would you do mouth-to-mouth? She didn't drown. Uh, You know, you're absolutely right. She just, uh, yeah, that's probably not the thing you do. She got conked on the head. Now, these two do not have good movie character at a uh, movie chemistry at all and there's a reason right the, the interview with the director was very revealing um this this uh terence hill was a very proper person and he was very polite and respected ladies or whatever but valerie perrine was a real smut mouth lady and when they first met, the director reports that she said, would you like to see me smoke a cigarette out of my pussy? That was the opening line? That's my opening line. It wasn't the opening line, but... Yeah. Well, that is, uh, for a gentleman, he must have been a guest. They did not get along, you know? Quite frankly, I think that Terrence Hill is very stiff throughout this entire movie, and his accent is yeah. difficult. Uh... Well, you know, he's he's known for with a partner, right, Bud Spencer? I, okay, I, that's yeah. how I know him. The director brings that so up, that? and he says it was one of the foolish moves ever. This guy has got a partner in fame, in movies, and they don't bring him along for his debut. It's like Laurel without Hardy. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Well, can I, can I ask where, where people can find that video? The interview? Yeah, sure. Um, if you go to YouTube and you simply put in interview Jonathan Kaplan, it's, it's the only thing that's going to come up. I did find print interviews okay. with Jonathan yeah, Kaplan you. and just learned about his other movies, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure he does decent movies. I guess this is a decent movie. It's interesting. There's Dick Miller again. Um, going to beat up some good ones. Kaplan went to, uh, and the guy who wrote this movie with Kaplan, uh, Ken Friedman, they went to New York University's film school, which gave us Martin Scorsese. But they're not exactly the same, are they? Oh, no, but it's, it's funny you should mention that because uh, uh, Roger Corman used to take film students like that, and Dick Miller was in a bunch of uh, Corman movies, like Bucket of Blood, and I think he was in Little Shop of Horrors, but he's in Gremlins, you remember? He's a neighbor. Uh, he's in hundreds of movies, so it's cool to see him. He passed away recently. Well, uh, I got to tell you, you mentioned Roger movie. Corman. It was really Roger Corman who launched launched this director's career. Um, they, you know, Jonathan Kaplan helped Roger Corman on a lot of movies, and he he gave him a shot to direct. Huh. It's a great give me Terrence Hill. Mm-hmm. The Hollywood debut. Okay, so, so have you ever eaten a drink? What's that? Have oh, yeah, I ever yeah. eaten on a train? You're not ha- supposed to sit like they're sitting. I have in Europe. How are you supposed to uh, sit? So we took an Amtrak to Seattle. This is, I think they, they obviously closed the train. I mean, they stopped. They closed the dining. They're supposed to sit on the same side of the, the table. So if they were a couple, they wouldn't face each other. They would sit on the same side. And then the other two chairs would be used for an additional couple. 
So you'd be staring at a stranger while you're eating your meal. Uh-huh. Well, I the trains that I took in Europe, because that's the way you got around. You know, I went from Germany into Paris, and that's the way you got around is on the train or the metro. They, they didn't... They didn't have that. Okay, she just stole the check that he wrote his name on because she's going to get him to sign the power of attorney. She's going to she's going to forge his same. signature. That's it? No super cool spy equipment? Oh, rip off. <laughs> well, she's not a spy at all. Okay, this is a general – he's a colonel, Clayton Winkle – and it's played by a guy named Chill Wills, who was in a million films. Oh, Chill. Right, right. He plays uh, Colonel Buck uh, uh, Bullwinkle. He has a nickname, Bull. Uh, well, it's Colonel Clayton T. Winkle. Now, apparently, the colonel is a drunk, and you got to keep alcohol away from this guy so he's sneaking it with the girl bottoms up and his um, handler is going to get very pissed listen what did you call the lady nothing this is not funny he called him her a bitch, and so Guido gets very offended. Very offended. Yeah. And he's Italian, so you know he's offended. Yeah. He yeah, he used yeah. physical violence, so you know he's fun. a feminist. I am protecting the honor of this prostitute. Right. But he doesn't know she's a prostitute, he just bumped into her on the train. Right. That's right. They met cute. They met stiff. Now, he's telling this story Harry. about meeting, uh, what's his name from the FBI, uh, the guy who launched it, right. who cross-dressed and nobody knew it. Yeah, to Kevin Spacey. <laughs> uh, Edgar Hoover. Yeah, yeah, Edgar Hoover. And Edgar Hoover Jay apparently Edgar. gave him these handcuffs, and he's like, I want to give them to you. And so he's going to cuff them, and they're going to go along with it. Yeah. His alcoholism isn't a joke. I, I have to write a letter to the kid. Dear Mr. Director Kaplan, I watched your 1977 movie recently, and I was appalled, uh, as it doesn't fit today's standards. Oh, so what's going on now? He's getting a gun pulled? Okay, so a guy shows up and goes, I'm from the FBI. Would you come with me here, please? And Valerie's too smart for that. She goes, he's not from the FBI, and he pulls out a gun. He's kidnapping Guido. Oh. She's going off the right. But the bat, what about the Basset Hound? Well, the, the, reason they're, the reason she has to go is because now they've been cuffed. They're, they're a pair, right. and the Basset Hound didn't get cuffed. So that, oh, so logically, had the Basset Hound been cuffed with his little adorable Basset Hound paw, he would have to go on a helicopter. Right. So what is to become of oh, yeah. Senor Basset Hound? 
Signori Basset Hound. It, wait, is the prostitute from Italy? Oh, look, San Francisco Chronicle, 1976. Wow. Yes. Look at all that print on there. Now, it's not called Transparent Building. That's this is that is a the Trans America building is behind him. Oh, it he's, is. I think he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be in, he's in the Bank of America building, which is nearby. I see. I so got you. If they use the same interiors that they use for the exterior. Okay, here's the kidnapping demands. Wow, there's a mini station. Right. As to where and when you will deliver one million dollars for his life. If you don't do exactly as the letter directs. Do we understand each other? We understand each other perfectly. There'll be absolutely no trouble. Nice talking to you, Mr. Cutler. No trouble at all. Indubitably. Indubitably. So. And then you adjust the ball. So he says, if you call the press, if you call the cops, Guido Falcone dies. So Jackie Gleason immediately goes, call the press, (laughs) call the cops. He stands to inherit a lot of money if Guido Falcone dies. And he goes, wait, get me a bottle of Don Perignon. 69? No, this falls to 62. All is well. Now, away I go. There's a middle bit of a joke there, Don Perignon, because when Jackie's Gleason was wife was on set... He was a very professional individual, but the days in which she wasn't on set, he would begin drinking Don Perignon, the expensive stuff, at the beginning of the day, and he would drink it all day long. Yeah. And so he would get really quite drunk, and then, you know... Jonathan Kaplan would say to himself, how's this guy going to do his lines? He can't even walk. So Jonathan Kaplan had a little trick. He would go, are you ready for your scene, chef of the future? And Jackie Gleason would go like, hamina, hamina, hamina. He would call back all the honeymooner stuff, and the the crew would be laughing, and he would snap into it and do his his, his, uh, scene. So after the honeymooners, like I know they did like a, a some more episodes, like they did a color special, but he was in a lot of. I mean, he was known in the seventies for the Smokey and the Bandit movies. Yeah. And then I guess in the eighties, uh, the Tom Hanks movie and uh, uh, the Toy. But you know, it was always great to see Jackie Gleason in anything. He was a good dude. Have you seen that movie? Where he takes acid. It's uh. The train wreck film. It's a, it's a well-known train wreck film from Otto Presinger. Well, Pre- I Presinger. certainly know Presinger. the toy, and I certainly know uh, the other one you mentioned. What was it? Smokey and the Bandit. Like, it's called. Right, and then he was in Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit three, which did not have Burt Reynolds. He chased another young stud. <laughs> yeah. But what was the one you mentioned where he trips on acid? It's called Skidoo. Skidoo. Is, do you recommend I get it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a blast. It's okay. a crazy film, but it, it's funny. 
And it has a lot of hippies in it, too. So, you know. Jackie Gleason. It's a hippie movie. I'll put it in my it's Netflix, a, It's perfect too. for the show. Yeah. But be warned. It's a crazy film. It's not, like, a good film. Oh, But okay. it's worth it. Yeah. Okay, so. Shakespeare and Ape. Look at that. What happens here it's is. What happens here is the the kidnapper thugs. He's like, how much are you getting for kidnapping us? And the one guy blabs and says, $10,000. And he goes, what? What? The guy's getting a million dollars and that's your cut? So he distracts them as they think it over. Like, we've got him. And that's how they escape. And now we have a chase. On a horseback. Yeah, and that's, again, another inside joke to his cowboy movies. Right. These sound like amateur kidnappers, right? It's like, yep. you know, yeah. Okay, now they're going to break their spine, and the horse's spine. Holy shit. Yep. You know, the horse didn't neigh, because he's a little horse. <laughs> That's why he wasn't speak. He didn't have a speaking role. He was a little hoarse. Yeah, right. That's right. Okay. Now, conveniently, there's a pickup truck, and the the keys aren't in this guy's pocket. Apparently, they're um, they're in Where the car, they? right? So the it's like a dad and his son. Oh, they went on a boat and they left the keys in their car. I can't remember if like Terrence Hill is going to steal their car, their truck. The, probably well, the reason they did up. that it was is it was in the script. Yeah, including the bikers that happened to fly by. Mm-hmm. What a coincidence! There's nobody on this road, so this is not shot in uh, America, right? This has to be like Italy. Actually, yes. And one of the things that frustrated Jackie Gleason, as you know, he was a comedian and everywhere he went people would be like hey ralph cramden well in italy nobody knew him he was very depressed about that and it would just add to his drinking oh uh, well like like the late jackie gleason needed a reason he uh there's god what was that guy's name he wrote for a los angeles newspaper and he wrote his memoirs uh-huh. i saw him first on like a E.T. hollywood story but he covered Jackie Gleason was doing a show, a variety show for CBS. And to promote it, they did a, a countrywide train trip. Uh-huh. And they launched it in New York, I guess. And young Wayne Newton sang Dunk of Shane. And they hopped board on train. And he writes about just drinking and drinking and drinking with Jackie yeah. Gleason on this train. And Gleason would say, I want Chinese food. And they would pull up at the station. That when the train gets to the station, there's someone waiting with a bag of Chinese food for right. Jackie Gleason. You get it, and they would just, you know, keep drinking. And it sounded like so much fun. And they would stop at different towns to promote this TV show. So it's strange. You don't really have that anymore. You don't really travel around train stop by train stop promoting, you know, right. that was what the fat man. People running for president used to do. Yeah, it's like a whistle stop tour. You would right. go to Bumfuck, Arkansas, and then you know. now all the cops uh, come out. Oh, the Abilene Police Department. Oh, what bad luck! If only it was a school bus, a kid can drug on you. Now this is probably not Italy. This is probably Northern California. 
where they shot was in San Francisco, as you know, but most of it was Sonoma County. Yeah, all right. I could see that. Well, Sonoma County has, like, blue skies and little silly hills, so this looks like uh, Sonoma. But it's supposed to be the middle of America because they're on their train ride, you see. And part of this will be at the Grand Canyon. Right. Oh, cool, like North by Northwest. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Mount Rushmore. That's Mount Rushmore, yeah. Yeah. So now what we're getting uh, there we is you like, oh, you must be concerned. Yes, I'm very concerned. <laughs> He's smoking in the lobby during an interview. Oh, classy. 77. Well, I didn't write the will. That's so, the same years as Star Wars. Oh, young Carl, would you like to see Star Wars or Mr. Billion? Mr. Billion, Mom, let's go see Mr. Billion. All right, your call. Your call. <laughs> Look at that flower. Yeah, that flower is the same flower. Italy's finest. Look at those bags under Jackie's eyes. My God, living legend. Okay, now the handcuffs aren't off, but the chain is off. Oh, they have friendship bracelets. Right, now they have friendship bracelets, and he's falling in love. What about her? Oh, she's trying to hook... She's trying to hook him. Now, they thought they got away from the kidnappers, but the main kidnapper showed up with his helicopter. Ooh, that was like an old closing door swipe. Did you see that? Yeah. Like how the scene changed? A la television. Yeah. Oh, that was like Yeah. Oh, back to the helicopter with you. Man, what's up with the helicopter? Thank God they were in the woods. You can land your helicopter right there. Exactly, and nobody will notice. Right. Like, if you were in Newark, it would be a little bit more difficult. Where were you going to park your helicopter? That's right. You would be oh, Sonoma. to land in uh, Newark, though, because there's no hubcaps. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've been there, but I believe that's still accurate. Okay, so oh, now Guido fights the, the kidnapper, but he kind of forgets that the kidnapper's the pilot. Oh, this is ridiculous. Oh, did he forget he was on a helicopter when he shot the gun? Nobody's no. flying, so Valerie takes the stick and pretty much fucks everything up. Did she play Microsoft uh, Flight Attendant or whatever was that called? Uh, no, did she? There was a flight flight simulator. Oh, my son was way into that. For the airplanes, though, not for the choppers. Oh, yeah. Well, this is chopper flight. Uh, chopper simulator. Look at that. Now, they've the got the wrong button. person hanging off, right? It, now, look. Oh. Guido goes and saves him. Aw. Yep. And yeah, I don't like when you call him that. touched by that. So those are practical stunts, right? This is not CGI. It's some guy who was dangling from a helicopter. That's right. It's 1977. Everything we're going to see. Now, look, Guido's wow. no pilot, but he certainly knows if you lower the stick gradually, it will go down. And if you land it at a Little League game, it's going to be free Gatorade when you get out. Free Gatorade. <laughs> That's right, fruit punch too. Yeah, there's fruit punch and Gatorade. 
and the and the snack. Oh, now look! For some reason, the chopper is now on fire and will explode. Oh, it's cool! It's does way it take away the opponent? Explosion. Nice. There goes the away team. There goes the away team. Okay, so you know, it was ironic. The, the bad guy's on fire. So once yeah, again, I know he's killing it. He saves them. He saves. Your ass is on fire. Okay, you know that guy must be a liar. Here's Chances an important plot point. He did it with her jacket, and out of her jacket falls the power of attorney papers, and he realizes she's a crook or she's a jerk. Now watch what the director does. All right, I'm watching. Chances, Captain, take it away. There is whoa, what a right, and she gets covered in smoke, she disappears. Whoa, because he's a witch, right? right. Oh, no, it's a different he's movie. A witch. <laughs> so, which is revealed Valerie's true intentions, and of course, he will reject her, right? But meanwhile, what about the movie that that this guy, you know, he defended my honor and punched a guy. He saved the bad guy. He's a good guy. He doesn't deserve to get ripped off. Right. He also should have been told to fly to the West Coast and just go and meet. But he was. He was told he repeatedly by um, uh, by William Redfield, who – and he just – he always wanted what to his way. Right. Yeah. And whatever happened to William Redfield? He uh, died of leukemia about a month after this was shot. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Uh, I'm going to kill you. Look, hey guys, they're shooting a movie and uh, they blew up a helicopter for a movie. Come and check it out. Right. They are hitting yeah. the Oh, he's walking, walking away. So this is suburbia and he's like, goodbyes to you. Now, he didn't die of oh. Eric's disease. He died of leukemia's disease. Right. Wow. So i got to catch a quick spaghetti western before I move forward. Now, this Real is western. Clementine, the famous western Clementine, where you hear that song from, Oh, My Darling Clementine. And basically, Guido's oh. his thoughts together, and it's another nod to his spaghetti westerns. Right, because movie theaters in 1977, well, we have either My Darling Clementine or Star Wars. Right. Ah, let's do my book. That's a proven hit. Now, the movie's over, and it was filled with 12-year-olds. There was no Xbox. Kids back there had to watch old westerns, old 20th century box. It was so old, the 20th century was 1902. Yep. Now, look at this woman behind who's talking to the stewardess. She's, like, all pissed off. Oh. Oh, look, they get a check? Like a bill? No, the no, stewardess no. gave a bill? That was Guido oh, Falcone's a... signature. But she still has it. For a dollar twenty-five or Jack Daniels on a Amtrak? Right. God, it that sounds pretty good. It would be Manhattan. You know, like uh, my friends at school were like, "Did you see Star Wars where they blew up the Death Star?" I said, "No, but do you know Jack Daniels was only a dollar fifty on Amtrak?" <laughs> uh, really? 
Whoa, how'd they do that? Now, basically, Guido has wandered into a bar, and now he's meeting a bar fly. She's picking him up. And it will be successful. Well, that's because she has Sally Cutler written on her side as a wing, angel oh, wing. The angel, you're referring to our Meatballs 3 adventure movie? Oh, mwah. Kate Magnificent. I love that movie. So he goes, what are you drinking? Jack Daniels. And so she goes, barkeep, Jack Daniels. And then he pays with this huge wad of money. And she's like, just leave the bo- the, the bottle. Yeah, look at that. The way you flash it. That's not how you do it. Right. He's just an Italian boob is what the director's trying to say. He's a hayseed. An Italian hayseed. Now, this film was the idea of a guy named Dino De Laurentiis, who was sort of like a manager yeah, type for uh, yeah. for uh, Terrence Hill. And he signed John Kaplan because he had seen White Line Fever and thought it was great. He's a, he's a famous, famous, famous producer. I would even say more as famous as Roger Corman. He, of course, produced the uh, King Kong remake that came out in 76. Oh, Dino De Laurentiis did? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was always doing these big kind of big crazy films. So I could see him trying to get Terrence Hill in America to, to work. So she goes, let's go to a party. And he gets there and goes, there's no party. And she goes, I'm the party. And then he gets conked on the head. Oh, that old card. He's never going to find a true woman in this movie. Now, this guy's a famous guy, and I'm so sorry, but my research did not find out who it is. I'm so sorry about the that. Is so, the image this... is so pixelated right now. He could be Slender Man. I have no clue. <laughs> he could be Mario or Luigi. Pixelated. It's Mario or Luigi. It's too pixelated for me to figure it out. Yeah, it's probably Mario from the red outfit. <laughs> that was the giveaway. Now, basically, the guy found him all hurt in the alley, and he had pity on him. And he's like, "Whoa, a cowboy hat!" And he's like, he tells a story of who he got that hat from. Somebody famous. Let me see. I go to this redneck bar, go right up to the bar, order myself a double shot, and this big Texan he comes up to me and he says, "Now." If you can drink as big as you talk, I give you my hat. So they lined up whiskey from one end of the bar to the other. Must have been about 30 feet away. Now, Pops, you're here telling that same old dumb story again? So the son. (laughs) Do you recognize his face? He's a famous person. I know. Is it Terrence Hill? It is not Terrence Hill. So like, oh, well, actually, yeah, you're right. Terrence Hill is in the scene. So he's like, Dad, we stop bringing strangers over and, t- right. and giving them the hat. Exactly. And so Guido is like, well, I will be no more trouble. He's like, why do they have handcuffs on? If you're giving stuff away, give it to have... Dad. Wait, did he lose his money too? They conked him and took his role? He doesn't know it yet, but yes. 
He only knew he got attacked, but he didn't realize someone took his money after he got assaulted. He was unconscious in an alleyway. This guy took him in, and now he's giving away his famous, uh, his you know, l- beloved hat. It's a white hat too. That means he's a good guy, right? Because yeah, uh, the villains are—they're tipping their hat to all of his westerns, is what they're doing. But I, w- I wonder if he starred in actual contemporary films with or without Bud Spencer, like contemporarily set movies. Oh, there's a Greyhound, planes, trains, and automobiles. That's his plan. Western Get Union. on a bus. And it has a Western Union. You get money uh, telegraphed to you. They now, Kaplan doing that, says right? that the production was difficult in trying to get this film. Everybody wanted a piece of it because of this guy's fame. Now, instead of Valerie Perrine, who wasn't even a thought at the time, he wanted to cast right. Lily Tomlin. Oh, I think that would be fun. That would be a good movie. But she was busy. Incredible Shrinking Woman was probably around that time. No, that was probably early 80s. Mm, no, I think you're right. I think that was a 70s film. Uh, I think that, like... Um, Nine to Five was an '80s film. Oh, for sure. I think it, it was '80s, to be honest with you. And wow, I this guy is sweatier than me. With Steve Martin was an '80s film. She was big in the '80s, but the '70s is really. She used to be a comedian, and she would sit in that big chair and pretend to be a baby. She was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in Laughing too, of course. I mean, that was right. But she had a big. I wonder what her Broadway play was. That was probably the '80s. Search for intelligence, whatever it was called. I love oh, this more and more she was in called I Heart Huckleberries. Yeah, oh, she was fantastic in that movie. Yeah. You know, I, Carl, I have to tell you, uh, her and the, the director, had, it was not very professional. And there is recordings of him going off on Lily Tomlin really? during the production. And her, she handles it really well. Wow. You know, she gets them. She gives back what he gives, but he's just screaming in her face. It's awful stuff, and she handles it pretty well, but that's that's out there too. So if you like the movie, you should check the, out the, that scene. And if you like Celebrity Trainwrecks, you should check out that scene anyway, right? <laughs> Don't watch the movie. Just see the, the garbage connected to it. Now we're meeting Slim Yeah, I like that Pickens. I know who Slim Pickens is. Wow, he already punched him out. Right. Now we know him as the Bombardier and how I love the learn to love the bomb. Uh, uh, yeah, right, right, right. Love. He was in uh, Into the Night, the Dan Aykroyd movie, and he kills a. Uh, I think David Bowie kills him. Like they're both hitmen or something like that. And I was like, whoa, that's yeah. symbolic. Now, of course, he's doing his typical uh, accent and like pretending right. to be the biggest hick ever. What music is playing? Is it Yakety Sack? It's a uh, fight. Sack. Wow, he grabs him by the balls. And I'm sure that they're trying to once again do a, you know, cowboy bar fight kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Well, it is a comedy, and he's been in the bar for two minutes, so there's going to be a fight. Now, the, sh- the cops show up. And you see there there are cops in the bar, and he's like, I would like to speak with you in my office later, officer. <laughs> I can't believe they're punching cops. That's pretty brazen. 
Yep. That's high privilege right there. You can get away yeah, with it. This is R.G. Armstrong, right. and he's a pretty famous actor. Way to go. He's an idiot cop, though. Way to shoot this a sign. That's right. Well, it's... Did you it's, hear that? It's supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> they just said it to him. I, I heard it. Please don't get office me. later. <laughs> Oh, that was cool. The Soto Cab, that's San Francisco. Yup, because Valerie's headed home with Dick Miller to San Francisco, and she's like, the whole thing's off. I love Guido, and I'm not going to screw him. <laughs> but you're Jewish. You shouldn't. Oh, I got it. It's his name. I'm sorry. I thought. Oh, see, this is a cheap trick where instead of having a bookcase where you see the titles, you stack them up in a pile, and then you don't have to have the, the, the title of the spine distract you. I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but I, I was watching a TV show where everyone's apartment had the book back that way. Oh. Uh, search party. I, it must be because uh, it won't draw your eye to the title, to the screen, you know, like. Yeah, it helps you focus. Dick Miller. Let me see if I can talk like Dick Miller. Hey, Carl, I'm Dick Miller. What are you doing? Are you crazy? A gremlin. Let's hear yeah. him. Let's hear him see how well you did. All right. His Zoom connection is not so good, Carl. So she's going to give John Cutler, you know, Jackie Gleason, uh, the sign power of attorney with a fake name. And she's leaving a message for Guido. If you, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. What kind I'm of answering machine? Just get it from Mission Impossible? That what that old that Dear John. Yeah, it has a, its own portable mic. Yeah. To kind of. Now I want you. Oh, to... waking up in the jail cell. Yeah, I want you to hear Slim Pickens' voice here, just to hear how hicky he is. Okay. Son, you look worse than a such and such and a such and such. <laughs> oh, that old canard. <laughs> I'm a good actor. He's waking up. Yeah. Sunday morning. How come he didn't get the handcuff taken off when he went to prison? They're going to ask him, how'd you get that? And he's not going to answer him. What's your handle, son? Guido. Who? Gito. Gito. Hell, I'm just going to call you Jerry. Jerry. But like I always said, ain't nothing like a good woman or a good fight or a good drunk to perk fill up by golly when he's feeling blue. <laughs> by golly when he's feeling blue. <laughs> feeling loot? Is he now going to check for his money? Now, when I looked up Valerie Perrine, of course, I got all the standard things. You know, she was in Superman and she, you know, you know her. But... I also found out she yeah. was in Playboy's Sex Stars of 75 and Playboy's Sex Stars of 77. So, of course, I saw her pictorials, but she did tasteful stuff. She didn't really... I mean, you get to see everything, but you don't get the money shot. Um, God, very tasteful. 
You had to look for a hustler issue in between years. I, I, she was just in Playboy and in movies. Well, she was in Lenny, right? That was, uh, yes, I think she was, was the wife in Lenny. Yeah. Yeah, I remember her from that. And I think you're right about, uh, Superman. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, she so that in, she's barely. Uh, Miss Tessmacher. Yeah. Miss Tessmacher! We will even see Jackie Gleason's wife in this movie for two seconds. If you look up uh, Mar Mar uh, Marilyn Je Gleason, you find out she was in The Toy, Mr. Billion, Smokey and the Bandit 3. I mean, clearly she was a wife. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, maybe she's like kind of a, a Jackie herder. You know what I mean? Like keeps them in check, too. Yeah. I mean, she, I'm sure she's an actress. It probably helped to have somebody who he knew. Well, she yeah. really, she was not an actress. She was just being a, the wife to, okay, wait, here's the message. Ooh, I guess the Christie book. Look at that. Look how elaborate is that? Just yourself. Yep. Your mission, if you need to accept it. So Guido decides now he loves her, loves her right back. Was she playing a harmonica in that recording? Yeah, that was um, that was Dick Miller in the background on the harmonica. <laughs> they did a good job. I had that spoken album, uh, spoken word album back in 1988, double CD, a double uh, LLP. Now, he's saying, Miller, like, uh, I am Mr. Billion, who you've read about in the papers. And if you let me go, I will make it worth your while. And, you know, R.G. Armstrong is like, forget it. <laughs> Back in your cell. <laughs> wow. All right, here we go. So he's got to go back in the cell? Yeah. And? Okay, so That's crazy. How long are they holding? She goes to Jackie Gleason and says, "Here's your power of attorney, Mr. Gleason. Where's my money?" Uh, how sweet it is. Are you sure this is a signature? Yeah, that's right. He spells Guido with a W. Yeah, sure. G W. <laughs> oh no, it's me. G U I. Hey guys, like, let me let me erase that. It's the Italian spelling. There you go. Guido. <laughs> Like Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, sweet it is. I'm trying to think of any kind of weird movies. Like, well, Skidoo is a weird movie for Cleveland to show up. Oh, you know, have you ever seen that uh, poker movie with Steve McQueen? Uh, shit, I just gave like Cincinnati Kid. He's fucking good in that. I guess no. Or maybe that's like with Robinson. I'm thinking of the, the, the past where he plays a, a pool hall ace. You know, he was in The Color of Money. was a Color sequel to it. Color of Money was, um, uh, well, I, I'm i thinking of maybe of the Tom oh, Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that was it. A yeah, yeah. To a film that did. 
And Newman's adversary in the original was like uh, Jackie Gleason playing like a pool harsh, uh, pool hall shark named like Fats, I don't know, Fats pool hall guy or something like well, that. Well, you know, there's the Fats and Domino, I, the famous one, so they were biting off of that. Yeah, and all of, you know, people all around couldn't wait to be called Fats. That's a real honor. Oh, yeah, really that happened to me all throughout elementary school. Uh-huh. You know what drives me crazy is I've got a nickname like Big Mike. And I'm like, no, my name is Mike. You don't have to call me Big Mike. <laughs> that was your you rap name. Okay, okay, so they pretended to be having yeah, a fight, and they're basically making a jailbreak. Look, he lost wow. his hat. Yeah, he's done with that stage. They're stealing you know what? the cop's car. Oh, with the Confederate flag on it. Ooh, the original General Lee. Uh-huh. You know, when it comes to the companionship, he really got slim pickings on that. <laughs> so you really got there we go. slim pickings. Go ahead and press the horn. Honk the horn. There we go. Fast climbing, old timey, fast car chase. Yeah, of course, now we're going to have a car chase. I mean, this whole movie isn't like. What he does with his money, it's all about getting to San Francisco. He says his adventures, he's like uh, the Muppets touring America or something like that. They're going to get to Hollywood. So. The Muppets touring America was like stopping off in a place and having a little adventure and then moving on to a new adventure. This movie is all chase. Right, I got you. Well, this is what I, I – if I'm at the drive-in, I want to see some chases. I don't want – you know, you, you hire the, the director of White Line Fever. You want to see some white lines. But there we go. we got a yellow line right there. But the thing is that, like, this is not Terrence Hill's strength. Like, they didn't bring him to America to do the kind of movie he was famous for. They brought him here to do different material than what made him famous in the beginning. They didn't bring his partner. It was a bad right. – it does. It reminds me of Beckham, the biggest soccer star in the world, comes to the place where the the soccer is the least popular sport. Right, I got you. Yeah, people can't appreciate it. What would right. they have? But he he's a terrible actor in this movie. I mean, he's, he's definitely a movie star. He's charismatic. It's he definitely, flat uh, though. Holds the seat. He's flat. Yeah, and maybe it's because it's the first American film. That's probably the reason. Also, but, uh, his he does not speak English, you know? He just doesn't. I mean, it's very bad. Okay, so here we're supposed to be having hilarity. All right. So what Give me a great poupon. No, I don't have a great poupon. He, he snuck behind a 18-wheeler, and that's how he evaded the cops. He was, like, behind it, then on the side of it, and they missed him. Oh, yeah. Well, he, uh, they're going to stop off and, oh, traffic. Oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know what I, I'm going to do it, Guido. Uh-oh. Where are you going, Guido? Don't do it, man. It's a random ramp that happens to be there. There's always a random ramp. And there's going to be an open boxcar when they go through. (laughs) The truth is, that's to load the train. Oh, they did the stunt, though. By golly, you did it, Jerry! Woo! Woo! 
That is some excellent slim picking. <laughs> Am I the only one who realizes his name is Slim Pickens? He is Slim Pickens. No. Everybody should know. Oh, what is with that clock wipe? That's what the... Uh, it's, must be he, uh, it's, it's very bad, but... Okay, now what happens is in escaping the cops, he coincidentally and randomly goes into a... Um, demolition uh, Derby. Uh, yeah, Demolition Derby. Which is already in progress. Right. And the cops will come in too. And what do you think? You know, in a Demolition Derby, you get Demolition Derbied. And that's what's going to happen. You know, this Cars, the Cars movie is kind of spoiling me when I watch these Demolition Derbies because everyone in the audience is human. It's kind of weird to see. I'm used to seeing Cars in the uh, Oh, there's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> that's right. This sounds cool. I would love to see a Demolition Derby. Yeah. What are you going to do now? Oh, I can't believe you did that. Every year at the Sussex County Fair, I make sure that I buy t a ticket to the Demolition Derby. It's an annual thing every August, and it's fun. Do people get hurt? Yes. So far, no, but the cars do burst into flames, and then the fire department comes out and puts them out. <laughs> well, so, I mean, like, do oh, people watch why? because they want to see an incident? That's a ninja star wipe. An axis. Like I think a camera. it would be a great uh, reality TV show, a uh, a demolition derby. Yeah, well, I mean, where can you see demolition derby? You got to wait till the pandemic ends to watch people smash up cars for entertainment. Well, I think maybe we'll be lucky, and by August the pandemic will be over, and I'll get to see the Sussex County Fair demolition derby. Yeah, me too. Well, that is essential uh, business. Demolition derbies. <laughs> like, you know, you know what they're saying? Like, I was reading an article. If you start your car out and your car has been idle for all this time, you got to check your uh, engine for rats. that uh -huh. may have nested in your car. <laughs> that so you to, like and I know that... The, San Francisco problem. Watch out for well, we have... Uh, well, you know, I... This cats, I mean, that used to be a problem where if it's cold, cats go sleep in your car. You have to, like, sweep sweep your car for cats. So what's happened here My is home. Slim Pickens has been setting up for us that the bank's going to take his farm. Um, and essentially... They literally took his farm. They, they literally took his house. Wow, those is, bankers are ruthless. That's right. This is his favorite comfy chair. Now... All the way along our journey, Guido is like, I will pay you back. And, you know, he's going to make everything right for people. And this is one of the people he's right. going to make things right for. Look at his beautiful so blue cool. eyes. What a movie star. I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He captivates the stage. It's just that he's so stiff in this movie. Uh, and there's no chemistry between him and Valerie. Right. You can't... Uh, Really appreciate it. You just get lost this random woman's house. Nothing. They walk in without, you know, like they knocked, but they just walked in and they're just like, may we use your phone? May we, you know, they're like, but she's okay with it. Well, you know, it's, it's, are you a banker? No, ma'am. Well, come on in. 
that's the last thing you need. Raymond Chandler. Wow. Dashiell Hammett. Everyone's reading mysteries. We had Agatha Christie beforehand. Or maybe that's Valerie's character. Is that Valerie? <laughs> yeah, look at it. He calls Valerie and says, you know, it's like, I love you kind of stuff. And then we find out that Jackie Gleason has taken Valerie prisoner. Yikes. And yeah, a gun pointed to her head at an open window. That actually looks like, uh, oh, uh, where the parakeets are. Where the fuck is that neighborhood? Not Russian Hill, but uh, there's a certain part of town that has that look. I, I don't know anymore. I don't go out anymore. I'm not going to be in that neighborhood. I would have to take a bus. Take an Uber pool over there. I have a so basically the deal is if you want to see Valerie alive again, you will not show up uh, to the uh, to San Francisco at noon. Think it over. Well, that's so that was Telegraph Hill where her apartment is. That's where I'm guessing. Telegraph where Hill. The hills look. Yeah. Now, how did the Dow yeah. Deutsch Hound get home? I don't know. Why is he named after the murder mystery novelist Dashiell Hammett? Dashiell Hounlet. Well, I guess the director was nodding his hat to that guy, but it wasn't mentioned in the interview. Gleason's like, listen, if you want her alive, you need to address the ball. Hello, ball. Why are you... <laughs> if you're not going to take this seriously... Terrence, I know that you know that I know that you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, they agreed oh my God. to get Valerie back at a place extremely far from San Francisco, and that is the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's pretty far. You know what I think is crazy? That WPIX in New York City would play the Honeymooners reruns, meaning they would play the same 39 shows over and over again. Every, yeah, and that was 9, time. not 11, but it was every night uh, like at 11 p.m., something like that. I, I got to yeah. do them all by heart. Yeah, I uh, know. Yeah, same here. And then you watch like the Lost episodes or you watch like these color specials they did later or uh, – it's boggling. You're like, what am I watching? But it was well, amazing, you know, like how that kind of happened. The Honeymooners was born as a sketch on Jackie Gleason's uh, variety show. Jackie Gleason was really quite famous before the Honeymooners, and that's why the Lost episodes will be like only 15 minutes. It was those sketches right. that launched the TV show. So they, when they repackaged the variety show, they just took everything out for the Honeymooner sketches. Well, it's more like the Honeymooners were so popular, they invented Lost episodes by clipping that stuff out of the variety show. I got you. And it shows, too. I know there's a bunch of ones where Alice is different, and I think there's a different uh, Trixie as well. There's one where Alice is meaner, which I really like. <laughs> and and, and the, the set is different. You know, it's... it's... Yeah, well, a lot of those Lost episodes, they are like total sketches, and it's like just a, a bare uh, painted curtain behind them representing the, their kitchen. Well, I mean, everyone was like you. They saw the reruns, and they knew them all by heart. There's only so many. They were hungry for more Honeymooners, and that's how they were given it. It was a money-making thing. 
Have you seen the movie that came out like 20 years ago? It's good. There's a Honeymooners a, movie? Uh, no. Yeah. No, I mean, no one really emulates the original actors, but they, the characters are, are all pretty stable. Oh, uh, it wasn't the original it, cast? No, it wasn't the original television cast. No, they had a bunch of movie actors doing it, a reinterpretation or what have you, but a, a big, big theatrical uh, version, and it's funny. Now, they basically took this woman's car, and they were like, he was like, I'll pay you tenfold over, and, you know, they drove to the Grand Canyon. You know Homer's uh, opinion of the Grand Canyon? He goes, wow, the Grand Canyon. What a Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That was her TV commercial. It wasn't even on the show. I was in Arizona. We spent a lot of time at the Grand Canyon, and I loved it. And I got to tell you, when the sun goes down, the canyon changes its uh, – I don't know. What do I say? Like you get a feeling for the Grand Canyon in the day like this, but when the sun goes down, there's it. it it's just beautiful, you know? And all you can see lights down in the canyon, like where people have little establishments. It was just, a, and the stars are beautiful against it. It was a good time. You know, with like no visitors during this pandemic, the park must have been restored to its natural glory. Like, uh, no trash is being tossed down there. No one's taking an illegal dump. It's just like, <laughs> you know. When I was at the Grand Canyon, it really wasn't being abused. Uh, they were very conscious of that. Uh, I've been to the Grand Canyon too. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty well set up that you can go and uh, I think there was some hiking. Like you can go hike right in there. Like if you wanted to walk around, yeah. they have paths and stuff. They do, yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't let me ride my donkey around there. I'm like, come on. <laughs> you brought your own donkey. donkey. I am from San Francisco. <laughs> Do you know how crazy it was to get my donkey rear to the Grand Canyon? He's not going to let me walk around the path. I'm Ooh. sorry, you can't bring your own donkey here, sir. Oh, that is my wife. Thank you. <laughs> There's a copy of Clint Eastwood's The Mule or DVD. Damn it, I'll have to watch it in the hotel. You got to hand it to Clint Eastwood. Come on, Clint. still making films, you know, and being the director and. Yeah. You know, I'm not crazy for him as a director. Oh, oh, okay. What about no. Unforgiven? Uh, yeah, I saw that. It was good, you know. But, I mean, like, I think Gran Turismo is really good because yeah. especially uh, just the way people act nowadays, kind of he kind of amplifies, like, what he's doing. But, you know, he does, like, a movie a year, and I, I watch him, like, he did. I think I lost favor when I saw that uh, Kevin Costner murder movie where he's chasing this murderer around for two and a half hours and they meet at the last scene. I'm just like, fuck this. But <laughs> yeah, I, I just think like, you know, Woody Allen at one point would make a movie a year. I know Spike Lee uh, tries to get the movie uh, out a year, but Clint Eastwood's one of those guys. He's like, I'm gonna make a movie every year. Just cause people are gonna, you know, yeah, just cause, and he does. And whether or not they're good doesn't really matter. I don't know. Uh, here I am talking about Clint Eastwood. 
Terrence Hill certainly is the true guy. for Woody Allen. He was just churning them out, and it was lazy. And everybody talks about his directing yeah. style, which is pretty much not directing you. Just do your lines however you want to. It's terrible. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't congeal. But it's something we said about prolific directors, though. But then you might as well get a TV series at this point, and then you can direct every episode. <laughs> hey, he's running down. Hill is running down the hill. Hill is yeah. Weird. He's on Terrence Hill right now. There is Valerie, and I guess it's a stand-in because she doesn't. I don't think it doesn't really feel mm-hmm. like it's her. Well, where's that cigarette? She's smoking a cigarette. Where's it? Oh, it's in her mouth. Okay, it's not her. Uh-huh. Okay, now they've set up people essentially to kill Guido, so there's no way he can get to right. San Francisco. And she knows that's it. the park range. Like, get out of here, you idiot! I'm tied up. Don't you think people were waiting? Oh, Hill died on the hill. Hill's been shot. We think. Because he fell after the gunshot. That's a pretty fair assessment to the viewer that he got shot. Now, this is a little scary. It really is perilous. And when they were, is, the stunt people were doing this, I mean, it's it's risky, it feels like. You don't think that's a match shot? That's whoa, holy shit. No, I don't. It is not CGI. This is not... Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. This is the real deal. They're up there, and they Excuse can flip. Tom, Mr. Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible does his own stunts, thank you. Well, You ever think, like, man, I'm an old he, I'm an old guy, and then you watch Tom Cruise hang from an airplane, and you're like, I'm not stupid, though. It's true that he did hang old, from I'm that not... airplane, but it is not true that yeah. from the first Mission Impossible to the last, he was doing his own stunts. No, but it's usually like key stunts. Like, didn't he climb up that building in Dubai by himself? I doubt like... it. I, I don't know the answer, but I think that was computer graphic stuff. There's, I just can't see them allowing that. No, he climbed, he free solos up uh, a cliff, like for no other reason just to do it. And that is him doing it. Yes. Wow, look at that. That's really edgy. Is it yeah. really? But again, it's like, no. It wasn't like Ethan Hunt, you must climb up this cliff without a uh, rope. No, or, he was on uh, vacation. Now look at this. Yeah, the guy's going to die, so what does Guido do once again? Try to he save saves him. him. But he can't. There we go. Oh. Look at that. Someone even shooting him. That is some, some spaghetti western eye, cowboy eye. <laughs> he bounces off to it. But Slim Pickens saves the day. Where the fuck did Slim Pickens... Didn't the fucking sniper hear, like, Slim panting behind him? Panting, right, (laughs) panting. (laughs) Look how scary that is. It is really scary. I need a camera to go 360 around that. You got it right away, Mr. Uh, Kaplan. I bet you that's the same chopper that they used with the bad guy. How funny is that? All in one. Right. I mean, they rented it. They better use it. Well, you can see Billy Jack behind them. No, that was Utah. 
That oh, was that Monument, was oh, yeah. but Monument he... Valley, what is it called? So this was goes to Washington, but he was he was on top of that cliff though, right? Like it was pretty nuts. His, yeah, that's his true. son filmed him from up there. Okay, now yeah, they yeah. have a moment of realization. Like you gave up all your money for me, and they realize with the difference in time zone, they could get to San Francisco by noon if they hauled ass. Yeah, there we go. Look at these. Can't wait to tell them that. So now it's not going to be a chase. It's going to be a race. Setting up back. Wow, and they're making out in the back seat. That's Look right. at that. They were making out in the back seat of the convertible. <laughs> he is the worst chaperone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you don't tell your folks about this, I'll let you kiss in the back. <laughs> Can't hear you. We're going 60 miles an hour and you have the top down. Uh, we'll fix it an ADR post. Look at this. They go into... You see how they knock the fence down? Yeah, I know. It's rude. Come on. You see insane. Gate, they're gate crashers. Literally gate, uh, gate crashers. Now, Valerie talked to oh. him on the plane saying, Listen, why are you doing this to me? You have everything to lose. It's uh, the same thing she gave to the kidnappers and it worked. So the guy says, well, hell, I'm going to die in le for le from leukemia in a month. Go ahead, fly him to San Francisco. <clears throat> he did not. He said something like, you know, if I agree, we could end the production and I'll be done with this movie. Right. I'm out of here. <laughs> Carl, Jesus Christ. Careful he did what not you say wish I'm out of here. Careful what you wish for, William. The director of the last day of the shoot is like, Mr. <laughs> all right, I'm going to stop. It's bad taste. Okay, so now we have the, like, signing ceremony for the billions. And for some reason, it's a big, like, stockholders meeting or something. And, you know, Guido's not going to show up. And Jackie Gleason's going to be up there like, I think it's a real shame that boy didn't come here. It's so crazy with that Falcon logo. Like the one that killed their founder is now behind them. Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking. You can still when I see the blood on the beak. Now they can at least wipe the blood off. The we're going to see Alcatraz. We're going to see San Francisco. Yeah. This is, uh, oh, we're approaching SFO. Oh, I guess we missed it. Where are they going to land? So, where are they going to fucking land? On Alcatraz. Okay, Mike, you just asked a great question. Where are they going to land? So they're not. Right. He's going to parachute. Oh, wait. We saw that in the movie trailer last week. They Here's showed that in the, the trailer. Here's the wife. Oh, wow. See, I'm telling you. She's like, look at steady yourself. Look in my eyes. Well, the thing is, he kn we know wow. he was stone cold sober that day. That's right, because his wife is on set. That's so right. when they looked at San Francisco, they still had the Marcadero Freeway on the overhead. That got completely destroyed in the 87 earthquake. Uh-huh. Ten years well, ago. Well, it, it, it got stuck. Yeah, so they, they tore it down because of the earthquake. But well, uh, it was still around for a big deal Australia. about stuff like that. Uh, like, for instance, he's going to get this on this cable car on Presidio Avenue. 
And by 76, yeah, that was gone. And there's a cable car yeah. company called RR Company, Cable RR or something. And they were out of business and their sign is on the trolley. I don't know. Do we care? Uh, kind of. I mean, like, it's they talk about the movie uh, uh, Vertigo. And they said the part of Vertigo that makes it so effective is that for a movie where everything is dreamlike, all the locations in San Francisco don't exist. So it's like seeing an alternative world. I... So, you know, when you see – so when you watch your city or your town in these movies, what you're seeing is an image that once was, never is, but is now existing in this film. Right. You know, like this, there's no Salesforce building in that in that view. That's crazy they shot a guy out like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm applauding. The sooner right. we get this done, the better. Well, he's doing all these financial talks like the strong survive, and they're all clapping. Well, he's right at the Embarcadero. He's really close to 555 California. So God, he look at this it. guy's bike, and he's like, I will pay you back tenfold. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> he's fast. <laughs> Can't outpace a runner on your bicycle. He's like, which way to the building yeah. of Jackie Gleason? That way. Henry Winkler, which way? They're in Knob Hill. Yep, there we go. That's where the cable car usually intersects, around there. Oh, yeah, the crazy stairs get you up up the hill. Whoa! Hill jumping hill. He better pay that kid back for his what? bike. Wipe out. Litter. Oh, this is uh, this is in Hayes Valley. I'm going to be one of those assholes. That mural is elsewhere. That school <laughs> is elsewhere. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Sense. Yeah. But I, I think it's the same mural. They haven't changed it. They fooled me because I'm not from San Francisco. I had a joke about murals, Carl. I, yeah, right. You didn't know. Where uh, they always have historical figures and then the muralist friends. You're like, oh, well, there's uh, Albert Einstein. There's uh, uh, Martin Luther King. There's Tony from the paint shop. Yeah. There's, uh, there's the cable car that doesn't exist. Yeah, well, at least it's a real cable car. They didn't do a fake one. Yeah, that's the best part. You see the reflection in the windows. Hey, I'm reading the newspaper. Well, no. Now be goes, like, the guy goes, it costs a quarter to ride this trolley. And he goes, I am Mr. Billion. And they they say he is, and they cheer him on. <laughs> and they're all going to run into the place with him. Wow, that's really firing. The clip the clock is ticking towards noon. The hickiest music. It's inappropriate for the scene. Oh, this is uh, the the Marriott Hotel. Uh-huh. So this uh, the luncheon's being held at the hotel by the Mercadero where he got dropped off. And that hotel was the one that uh uh, time after time, where they go, they go to the oh, hotel nice. in San Francisco. Yeah, he I watches like film. the worst of 20th century TV. There used to be a rotating uh, restaurant on top, so you get a view of the city. Here's the people. Yeah, Mr. Billions is like us. Yeah, see, that's the thing. They're all hyped for him to get his money. Why are they? They don't have a stake in the game. Yeah, but they all have uh, houses there. They're going to flip 20 years from now and be rich. So, 
I got to go back to my apartment building that I own for a dollar a month. So he's made it, he and hooray, it. and he goes, I am Mr. Billion, and they all love it. Yay! He said the title of the film. Wow, look at these. None of these are actors. They're just like, okay, great. I'm glad to be in this film. Yeah, that's right. Well, he's sweaty. He's still charismatic. He's got those blue eyes. <laughs> Sorry, Carl, I lost it. Oh, must be foggy. Okay, so now we see what he's done to the board of directors. Slim Pickens. Uh huh. And what they're saying is 18% interest rate is too high. Let's lower it to 3%. Let the working class man get a break. And they're going to buy my farm then. There's the woman. They took her car and she's agreeing. <laughs> oh, they got all the extras in there. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. All the people he promised he'd help. There's Dick. Hey, I kidnapped you an hour ago. He's got a pint of milk there and a deck of playing cards. Is this prison or what? Hat. All right. Is his son there? I, he's, we'll have wait. I'll have to wait. I'll have to wait for his son. Move on. Lamont. Oh, yeah. I was talking. It's his son, Lamont. Lamont, yeah. The trolley driver. You know what? Yeah. No, I'm sure that's a typical San Francisco guy right there. And the guy who died from leukemia. Wow, he's pretty laid back, too. He's like, I can't, final day of the shoot, going to kick back. Life is good. The colonel. He's pretty drunk. I was thinking drunk. That crazy Bullwinkle. Colonel Bullwinkle. Or, well, yeah, He's pretty Colonel drunk. Bullwinkle. Who else have we got? Who else are missing? We're done. And now uh, like, what do you done. think, Jerry? And he's like, I think whatever you guys think. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Ramsey King, for uh, casting this fantastic movie. That has been Mr. Billion. Oh, what'd you think of the movie? I thought there was nothing original in this movie. It was everything that's ever been done in other movies. I think that it was the wrong vehicle for him, and we don't know his name, so clearly it was. Uh, I think that right. Jack Gleason was the only thing neat about this film. Uh, it was a bomb. It was a flop. It was flat. It was kind of cool. I have to say the Grand Canyon shots, the the fighting scenes and the arrow shots were fun. They were pretty yes. cool. But you know, there wasn't really much of there. It's a shame. If, if there was something else going on in this movie, I would I would probably rewatch it. I mean, it was kind of cool to see, but it was definitely... You to see the helicopter black. go down at the baseball game. Yeah, that's weird, too. Uh, let's see. We want to thank the people of Sonoma, California and the Grand Canyon National Park right. for the help and cooperation. No thanks to Alcatraz. I don't know if Alcatraz has taken over. You know, the, the yes. an Indian, a Native American movement took over uh, Alcatraz in the 70s. Yep. So I don't know when they were seeing that, 77. And here we go. This is interesting. They put the, the cast of characters at the at end the of the end. movie. Strange. Really weird. Chill Wills. Well, they got a great cast, right? Chill Wills, Dick Miller, and Slim Pickings. 
and fucking Terrence Hill. Yes, and they had the and, budget. And they the had everything they needed to make this a great film. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. They could have done much better. No wonder the casting director got uh, the first end credit because it was well casted at least. Yep. And it was All right, well, fuck that against the director's choices. Yeah. Well, I'll check it out. I'm, uh, I'm going to watch that. I appreciate you doing that. So, ladies and gentlemen, we had just watched Mr. Billion uh, here on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you now subscribe to the show. We will be back next Sunday uh, with a new movie. Carl, this is a 19 – no, I excuse me. This came out this century, 2012 animated feature. It's called Sir Billy. And Billy is spelled B-I-L-L-I. And it's also known as Guardians of the Highlands. And it is the first Scottish animated movie. So you can find the movie trailer, uh, which we're going to play right now, uh, by typing in Sir Billy. And I see that YouTube movies have a trailer for it. Do you want to play the audio of that once you get it yeah, up? Yeah, I will. But the thing is, YouTube movies always has the commercials it's not the one we should choose when it's time to watch it well how about if we yeah okay so we have pinnacle film sales which probably owns it why don't we go do that one instead okay uh would you like to promote anything as your own uh pre-advertisement to the movie trailer uh, not really. Uh, I got that virtual mic every Tuesday. I don't have any regular gigs. It's all closed down. Uh, CarlSucks.com hasn't seen an update in months. Uh, got nothing to promote, really. Waterman's all right. Lay back. Oh, I'm really excited. I can't wait to watch Waterman. That's yeah. going to be awesome. Uh, I'm doing a show Saturday, a theme show online called Uvatorial. Uh, where people offer uh, people and characters uh, provide uh, tutorials, and that's going to be a live Zoom show. And I will put details on it on our Twitter page, our Twitter feed, LWFLWF, and then I'll delete it. Okay, so here we go. Clinical film sales. Carl, would you like to do the honor and play the audio for this? Okay, three. Uh, it's Sir Billy official trailer from Pinnacle Film Sales. Three. Two, one, go. Glasno Vision. Glasno Animations, the first time they did an animated movie. In the deepest, darkest highlands. How can Highland be deep? Where evil lurks. <laughs> it's a, a reverse deep. Because it's a highland. Yeah, it's the lowlands. There lies a secret. I'm all alone now. I will find you. Billy? Gay party. Sean Connery? Uh huh. Yeah. It's a Sean Connery movie for 2012. It's a race against time. And the odds and the villainous police. 
I'm sorry, but did you see that that racing car had a number 69 on it? Wow. Subliminal. Oh, he's got a kill. The Billy Goat has a kill build uh, Bruce Lee jacket, yellow jacket. Right. Battle Royale. Planes, trains, and automobiles. And boats. Once again. And ass. These women are pretty sexy. Ooh, he wears a red cap. And Make America great again. The, the, um, the, the hat stand a la James Bond. Right. Well, you know, James Bond was very classy when he took his baseball cap off. He always threw the hat rack. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the movie for next week, Sir Billy. That's Billy with an I. It is Sean Connery's probably last film, and it's the first animated film for Glasgow. Uh, it's also known as Guardians of the Highlands. And, Carl, it's only like 72 minutes long, so okay. uh, it'll be a quick one this week So, uh, as we rest up. I hope you guys are doing well and staying sane. We appreciate you listening to us. We, of course, appreciate Pam Benjamin, uh, manager of the station, for making the magic happen and keeping the lights on. And, uh, Carl, thank you so much. The audience, thank, thank you. you so much. That was a great episode. May we never watch that movie again. <laughs> Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with my mind. I'm Mike. I'm Carl's friend. (laughs) Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs>
Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today! Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of... <laughs> you uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full-length movies. Let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month. Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse 
every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastics books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. It's Bug House Square. It's Tuesday. It's, um... Six o'clock. Well, it's not Tuesday. It's not six o'clock either. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Bug House Square, it's uh. Well, what? It's the truth. My name is not important. It's a signal, a sign. It means I'm doing what I do because I do it all the time. I get a lot of fun emotion. I get not if I use you. I would crawl across the ocean so I could not abuse you. Technically, we're live right now.
Like the music's super loud, it's hard to hear you. Hey. Yeah, I said um, I'm gonna go upstairs and grab food that I ordered. Yeah, yeah, plenty of time. Um, looks like we're waiting on a couple people. Yeah. Can um, can one of you write them and see what's up? Tell them to come in. Yeah. Uh, let's see who's in here right now. I believe. We have everyone except Alvaro. Oh, okay. Cool. 